Hi, and welcome to the Making Our Way podcast. This week, our guest is Jimmy DeResta. We talked to him about his secret Santa walnut and leather tool bag, and here's some awesome stories about the guitar he made for Wyclef Jean. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, good to see you this week. Yo. Hey, hey. What you guys been up to? So, you know this whole, like, for weeks and weeks, I've been talking about finishing this baby uh, stand thing yes. that my friends asked me for? Well, they had the baby today. So Uh (laughs) I got the tops actually finished. I was working on them. I just couldn't bring myself to finish this project. This is another one of those projects that I just can't bring myself to get in. I sat back here and watched football and didn't put eight screws in this thing to finish this project. So now the baby's here. Go ahead. What was it again? You said that. Yeah. So it's like a cubby hole. It's four feet wide, 35 inches tall. It's and changed it's, though. It's like morphed from the beginning. Like the yeah, beginning, you there what I something. thought it was going to be, what I was offering to what she ended up showing me. And then I'm like, well, if I'm going to go 100% more than what I was willing to do, we're going to go 500% more. <laughs> so the top is, you know, inch and a quarter thick ash that I, I nice. planed down. And uh, I filled some voids in this weekend with some total boat epoxy from, uh, you know, total boat sent some epoxy with some, uh, this really cool copper pigment. Uh, it mm-hmm. looks awesome. Filled in this crack in it. Uh, it was funny. Actually, I was milling it, this wood, and there was so much. T- this wood has been in my shop for over two years. There was so much tension in the board that when I was cutting it, it was binding back on the blade right. as oh, I was wow. cutting it. And so it ended up with kind of this bow when I went to you know laminate the boards together. And instead of replaning it and losing another eighth of an inch, I said, you know what? I'm just going to fill this with epoxy. It'll be a neat feature. And so mm-hmm. uh, it, it looks really good. It looks great. So I've got the two tops done. I've got all the plywood cut, but it's not so much the project. It's me dealing with this demon of why do I have projects that I just can't make myself do that? I will sort screws and nails into drawers <laughs> before I will work on these projects. So that's what I've been up to. Sometimes it, sometimes it'd be like that. <laughs> sometimes it'd be like that. Yeah. What about you, Christy? Well, I've been kind of kicking off my beginning of the year. I, you know, my personality or my mental state is that the new year is the perfect time to start something new, not necessarily a resolution or whatever, but I I was really pushing it over the weekend to get my introductory reel together and get my, mm-hmm. you know, my, my 2023 plan reel get together, my shop, shop tour. tour. I was yep. so tickled to get the shop tour done. Yeah, and then great. I also got my accounting and tax tip uh christy simon cpa instagram set up that went really well too so i feel i felt like i had a really productive weekend and it really worked well it was mainly socials i didn't like get a whole lot of i didn't get a whole lot of making done but i feel like i kind of like got some stuff off my back to kind of kick the year off so i was very happy with that all good videos too Thank you. Yeah. And I got a YouTube video back up again. Oh my God. It's been two years since I had done that, even though it was just a long version of the shop tour, but, um, but yeah. And I think, you know, since we've been butchering videos for the last two years or however long on reels, cause you got to just chop them, chop them, chop them, chop them. By the time I was editing the shop tour video, I was like, man, this went a lot faster. I mean, it just was, I'd, I'd kind of forgotten that I'd get, just gotten into a good habit of not being like precious with my content. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I know I can't lollygag around here. I know this has got to be shorter or this has got to be whatever. So 
I think even though I have not made YouTube videos for the last two years, I think all of the chopping and editing for the Instagram helped me do my YouTube video for this week. So yeah, I was happy with that. That it was good. That it was really Thank good. Thank you. When you yeah. went into Marvin's side, I was like, oh, there's the ammo can. Kristen, look, look, look. Yeah. Oh, he <laughs> specifically set that ammo can in that spot because when he's on his calls and the computer is sitting, it is right over his shoulder. So he is very proud of that ammo can sitting sitting right there so everybody can see it you know on his videos so so yes he was pretty tickled that 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 ammo can logo that you did for him so very good thank you thank you what about you austin <laughs> um so this week i i had like this massive like right at the end of the year where i was like like this massive rush of motivation and i was like all right starting out the year this is what's going to happen these 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 and then i lost 100 percent of it by that <laughs> by the time that i like got back today is my first day that i was back in the shop like full full tilt and uh and i was like you know what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna freaking go out there and start working and just like get something done and then uh and I was like, New Year, new me. I'm gonna get Taco Bell for lunch. So, <laughs> where's Chick Fil A? Come on, it's right man. Next to, they're right next to each other. But, oh, okay. Uh, I, I, for some reason, I just wanted a Mexican pizza, man. And um, so then I'm coming home, and somebody's calling me, and I'm like, Oh shit, this looks like my kid's school. Mm. And then they call me, and they're like, Hey, we've got Benjamin here. We need you to come back. We need you to come up here and get him. And uh, we're like, we're pretty sure he broke his finger or maybe oh, his no. hand. No. Well, that's better oh, than he's no. sick. So there's no way. In fact, in my brain, I was like, there's no way he's sick. Tell him to go back to class. Like, that's what I was going <laughs> to tell her. <laughs> and uh, so, so, of course, I go down there and his finger's all blown up. I'm like, oh, oh no. no. And then, uh, and my Mexican pizza's getting soggy in the front seat, which is a bigger <laughs> crime, you know. And uh, so anyways, for sure, get home. Jamie happened to be working from home today. And I'll, and she's like, all right, I'll take him to the to the urgent care. She walks into the urgent care and the lady's like, don't I know you? And she's like, yeah, I'm here every two weeks. Can you please check me in? Like, Where's your VIP section? Where's your yeah. frequent shopper card section? I'd like to cash in these reward points. Yeah. Can we just skip the waiting room and go into the waiting room before the doctor? Like the second waiting room? Yeah. Like you but, already uh, have his weight, you already have all his information. Like, yeah, come on, you guys the same have, as they were last week. Yeah. You guys should have a name on the Saunders room. I mean, I as like, much as you guys are you there, eat, you eat a hundred wings or something. You get your picture on the wall. Yeah. Next time, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build a bench and put my name on it and bring yeah. it up there and set it in the lobby. So this is the double deductible bench. You only get to sit here if you've covered your deductible twice. Oh, so is he doing okay? He's okay. Is he, he broke his middle finger? So. Oh. Yeah, I know how he did that. Yeah, <laughs> he caught a football, and it, it uh, it's you know just hit wrong and jacked oh, him up. But of course, gosh. it's his right hand, so he's like he's freaking out for tomorrow because he's like I don't, I don't I can't write I can't write. And I was like, who? It's first grade, pal. Like, <laughs> you know left hand, I ain't gonna yeah. tell the difference. <laughs> like, <laughs> but. Uh, Anyway, so that was like, I was like, I'm going to be productive and Taco Bell and then take the kid to the hospital. You know, well, that's what it ended up speedy with. recovery for Ben. Yes. Yeah. Poor little guy. All right. Tonight we're joined here with Jimmy DeResta. Thanks so much for joining us tonight, Jimmy. Thank you guys for having me. I'm honored. Can you kind of give us a little bit about yourself and how you see yourself in the maker community? 
My name is Jimmy DeResta, and I have a dog. And uh, I don't know, could you guys hear him barking? He's barking. No. Uh, oh, that's good to know. Um, <laughs> I make things for a living. It's all I've ever done in my whole life is make things. I make things with my hands. And I'm I'm what some people might call a generalist. I do. I, I started out as doing construction with my dad as a kid and some home renovations and home repairs. And uh, I worked at a sign shop in high school. That's where I kind of developed my love for graphic design and fonts and uh, bandsaw. I do a lot of bandsaw work and uh, a lot of invention. I spent a lot of my time throughout the 90s and the 2000s inventing toys. So that's kind of where my ability to kind of think on my feet has come. Spent so many years just exercising that muscle of invention. And that combined with graphic design, love of fonts, bandsaw, CNC, computer, Photoshop, Illustrator, you know, I, I feel very fortunate to have all these skills and they all come out of the wash on my YouTube channel. <laughs> well, as the self-declared bag lady of the group here, uh, I wanted to start with one of your more recent projects, the uh, leather and walnut tool bag slash handbag. That's Kinda right. That's a good one. Yeah. Can you kind of give us the inspiration behind it or kind of where did that idea come from? Well, I was invited by, uh, if you guys know Kids Invent Stuff, they have a YouTube mm -hmm. channel, which is fairly similar to the television show we did. So even though the show is not being made, new episodes, you guys with kids can go check out Kids Invent Stuff because they're still making fresh videos every week. Uh, Ruth from Kids Invent Stuff does a Secret Santa with a lot of the European makers. And she invited me to be involved this year. And I got Becky, who happens to live in Brooklyn. Becky, I met through maker fairs over the years, many years. She met her at the very first maker fair that I'd ever been to. Uh, Becky Stern, she's a makes electronics. So I know Becky's lives in an apartment. She's a tool mm -hmm. person. She has uh, not big machines, but she does sewing and, and soldering and that sort of thing. So I was like, I want to make something that's useful for her, but I want it to look like it came from me. So it was right. sort of one of my masculine style toolboxes, but I wanted to feminize it. And, mm -hmm. um, but I also wanted it to just to still look cool and industrial. And it gave me the idea of taking that toolbox that I make so often. We actually mm -hmm. sold it in Walmart. That toolbox is just your traditional style toolbox, but wrapped so it can enclose. And that's where I decided to bring leather into it. And then you you wouldn't have the access to the handle, which would typically be at the top. So I was like, we'll do a leather strap that kind of folds completely out of the way. And uh, that was really the inspiration. And I had been thinking about what I was going to make for Becky Stern, Secret Santa for like three weeks. And I just said, oh, oh, like the way I operate is I just, all I need to know is when it has to be done. <laughs> and, like once I get that, then then the subconscious goes to work. The, the conscious mind is panicking and can't do anything but the subconscious mm -hmm. mind is hard at work going do this don't do that don't do this but i'm not aware of that yet until i right. actually sit down and really start to analyze everything around me i'm like okay i have three days to make this and submit the video all right let me look around well what was really most important was i had to get it in the mail to her because everybody sure. had to at least right. make their project and it had to be in the mail by maybe december 3rd whatever that whatever that monday was and mm -hmm. uh then the video had to be ready by the 18th and so the idea of uh, getting just at least the project done was most important. So, uh, of course, filming it, but I wasn't really sweating the, the edit. Mm -hmm. So um, it really occurred to me, I drew that picture in the video. I had right. done a little thumbnail sketch on a, just a random piece of paper sitting on the table. I was like, okay, I have a better idea what I'm going to do now. So after looking around and then looking at those toolboxes that I have in the shop, 
in in fact um i just did my live stream and we were talking about flea markets uh mm-hmm. on my workbench con live stream and i talked about going to the flea market and finding like vintage things that inspire you and one of the things i found at the flea market was that metal stamped toolbox that is kind of an accessory for a boat motor right and in the beginning of that video i show it but i never talk mm-hmm. about it but it's just the coolest thing. it was like two bucks made in like had to be made in the 50s or the 60s it's the same exact style toolbox that i've been making forever but made you know i've been inspired by previous designs but made in stamped metal and it, it might say johnson or evanroot on it i think it says one of the boat motor motorboat companies and uh so that and then the wooden one i showed as inspiration and then i discussed how i wanted to make it enclosed and so that's a long story but that's how we did that <laughs> well i mean that's a great way to go about it and the the leather that you chose it looked so like like you said masculine but yet had a feminine kind of color to it too can yeah kind of walk us through deciding on that or was it well, what you had or you had a lot well, of options i'll tell you what so i was actually so go back a little bit further and i knew i wanted to make a bag right i wanted to make right. a handbag but i wanted like i wanted it to be cool maker bag i didn't actually settle on my shape that that trusted sort of barn side profile shape that uh-huh. I use all the time until that day. I was thinking about making a molded leather and I had that leather and it's, I think it's chrome tan, which doesn't mold as well as veg tan. Chrome right. tan, you can't really water mold. Veg tan is you could water mold, but I had that piece and it's left over from a project I did for Weaver Leather, which are these folding stools that I had. And so that beautiful piece of leather was left over and it was just enough to kind of wrap around to make that bag. And so mm-hmm. that's why I use that because it was, wasn't was big enough to make a piece of furniture out of it and definitely wasn't making a wallet out of it because it was too heavy. And so I was like, I need to make it something sturdy. So that piece, and so I thought I was going to make a roll, like a I was going to make oh just like a, a perfect cylinder of a bag, which kind of uh-huh. would be more like a, like a, a little, might seem a little more glamorous it was a little bit more, it was like too girly. And I know Becky's not a girly girl. Oh, okay. So I didn't want to make it too girly, but I wanted it to still be more utilitarian, like with a flat bottom. And so then that's when Mm -hmm. I reconsidered the shape. I was going to make two perfect circles and have them kind of, the leather was going to wrap completely around it and then snap onto itself. So you'd open it up and it would kind of be like a capsule. Mm -hmm. And um, so that idea evolved into making it more masculine with a flat bottom. And then I settled on that toolbox shape. So all this happened in the course of like, I knew I wanted to make a leather thing from that piece of leather. Cause that was really the original, the beginning of the inspiration of I'll make Becky a leather bag. And then about two days before I started doing the build, I really, really had to think, okay, what is that going to be? What exactly is it going to look like? Yeah. Now with the, you had like a skeleton frame inside the, of it. Yep. Did you ever consider doing more wood, like a solid piece on the bottom or anything like that? Or Well, I've or- made, uh, I've made actually that exact same shape, uh-huh. yeah, my classic shape. I've made it several different ways over the years. And one of the ways I made it was just instead of, you know, you have your, your, your profile shape on the end and leather just comes up and wraps up, but this wasn't mm-hmm. enclosed. And so when I made that one, I put wooden strips at each one of the four long elongated parallel points. That's because I first did it with leather alone and it was too wimpy. The leather wasn't oh. strong enough. And, right. and I was doing the same thing with this one. I was going to just see if leather was enough and it wasn't. That opening was like a little too flimsy. I had experimented with it off camera by clamping it in place and deciding, making that decision first. And I was like, I have to glue it together. 
Yeah. You know, I don't have to make like a solid slip joint because it's not the type of bag that's going to really be put to that type of test. So mm-hmm. I just did a simple surface mounted glue joint. And I knew that was really going to, that was really going to just support the shape while the leather did the work it was going to do. They like the leather does like 50% right. of the work. The wood was going to do 50% of the work of keeping the shape. So I wasn't overly concerned that like that joint wasn't really like a, could have been more of like a, um, a, a tenon joint could have mm. been, but yeah, you know, I was running out of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite part of the video is where you make the hardware. Cause that's something I struggle with. I never think that I can make the hardware. I don't know why. Right. I think it's maybe just, I just haven't gotten to that point yet. So well, I'm you just want to know curious. a secret. Yeah. I'll tell you yeah. the secret. I was going to just do the leather, like the leather mm-hmm. handle, and I was just going to put screws in it and it looked, too unthought through. It just didn't look, you know, it was like too, it's like, all right. I mean, also I got to be aware too, people expect more from me, you know, because I have 10 years of YouTube videos. So for me to kind of cop out and just put a screw through the leather would just look kind of shitty. And uh, so I have to kind of be on my game and like, really like, what would people expect from me? So I do stop and ask myself that question. And I was going to try and hide a magnet in the leather. I was going to skive it, hide a magnet in the leather and hide a magnet inside the, the flap. Oh, yeah. So the two magnets would come together. And I was like, this leather is so hardy. The magnets mm-hmm. did nothing. They did not work at all. I was like, oh, uh, now I got to do something that's more mechanical. <laughs> and I was being lazy because I was kind of rushing it. And I was like, oh, now I got to make an eye. So if you watch the rhythm of the video, I make the loop. I make the, uh, the hasp out of brass. And I made it twice because the first time I overheated it and I melted it. So I made it two times. The second one, I kind of combined <laughs> the clips of the first one with the clip of this. Like I melt by the time I got to the solder, I messed up the solder joint because I overheated the brass and it melted a piece <laughs> of it. So I made the second one. So when I'm on the anvil soldering it, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, like it edits to the new one. It like starts, oh, okay. they look so similar, you can't tell the difference. So yeah, some behind the scenes secret. Um, and I made it go through the leather. I put it in place and I still didn't have the idea to put the hook through it. Oh, I was okay. going, I was going to make just a, like a little whip of leather that somehow was mm-hmm. attached and stick the whip of leather through, which is an idea I was going to steal from this, this old Swiss army, army uh, backpack that I have. It takes, it has like a little whip of leather that's riveted right near that eyelet and the whip of leather goes through, but then when you pull it out, just kind of just kind of lazily hangs in space. It doesn't really have like a place in space for it. So I, I didn't want to commit to it right away. Mm-hmm. And so I made the whole bag. I finished the video and I was like, okay, I'm done. Like I kind of like when you see me like cut the hole and put the hasp in, I thought I was done. I was like, I'm gonna make a whip of leather that just maybe doesn't get attached to the bag. And the next day I came in, I'm like, you have to make like there's an angel and a devil on my shoulder. The devil's yeah. like, you're right. done, you're done. Just wrap this shit already, be done. <laughs> And the angel on my shoulder is like, you know, that's not what the fans are going to want. <laughs> <laughs> this conversation happens all day long. And uh, so the devil was trying to be done. And the angel said, you're better than that. You can come up with a cool idea. And that's when I came up with the idea of the hook, like the swinging hook. Yeah. And it's very similar to something that I did on a backpack I made years and years before. And I didn't even remember it until I was in the process of making it again. I was like, oh, you did this already. You, you've been here. When you were making that assembly, I think you go to your, you have a K&S Jimmy DeResta metal yeah. hobby center. And yeah. my wife goes, uh, 
why don't you have one of those? I said, I do. It's the garbage can in the bathtub where I throw all the scraps. <laughs> those kit, I love K&S and they've been so good to me. But the problem with those kits is if you cut the tube in half, well, those kits are really for retail. So right. Oh, right. Preface, it's really meant like you take the tube and you go out of the store with it. You don't come back to the rack. So I cut two inches off and I drop it in and it goes ka-doink and it's out of sight. <laughs> yeah, and you can't see can't, it anymore. I can't get it anymore. So I have to tape it to something that's long enough to stick out of the tube. Uh, step out of the stick out of the space holder for it. So, yeah, those guys were great. So years ago, K and S, I used to always buy K and S stuff from the stores all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know maybe you guys are a little younger than me, but I was always going to the hardware store in Woodmere where I grew up. There's a hard B and B hardware. I'd go there and I'd go to the K and S rack. I'd be like, I need this tube. When I was prototyping toys in the '90s, and one day you just don't see them anymore. They're <laughs> just gone. And so I was like, you know what? Let me call them directly and buy a rack. How much is it going to be? $500 through $300, you know, just buy the rack and have the rack in my shop as if I'm a retailer. And so I called them up and they set me up. They were excited. They they kind of vaguely knew me, at least the, the salesperson seemed to know me. And um, I paid full retail for it. I was happy to pay full retail. And then they, they said, can we get a picture? And I thought I was being all clever. I was so proud to show off my rack in my shop. And uh, <laughs> would you be interested in sending us a picture of you at the rack so we could put it on our Instagram? And this was just when their Instagram was kind of like was like three or four years ago. They weren't really paying close attention to this community as much. And uh, I was like, sure. And so I send them the thing. And then when I go to like a couple of days later, I'm like, oh, let me see if they post the picture. I go, and Adam Savage was with his rack, like three <laughs> <laughs> Three weeks before me. So it looked like I was following him, but I had no idea he. So I was like, damn it. Adam beat me to it. (laughs) Jimmy, when I saw you working with that heavy piece of leather, um, you had a technique that you worked on all the seams. You kind of thinned out or skived out all the seams. You just talk about like how you decided that. How do you know what's thin enough? What's that process like? Well, yeah, that's a good question. Um, You know, a good way to bend metal. If you, if you want to bend a sharp line in metal in your shop, and by the way, I'll tell you, I'll go back for a minute. I'll tell you a story. This is, this is how I bonded with Kevin from this old house, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll tell you. So any, if you don't have a bending break in your environment, you take a, a, a grinding disc and you grind a line in the metal. And if the metal, any material is going to bend faster where there's less of that material. And so if you, it's just like when you take your, like a razor blade, if you scrape a piece of paper, it's going to fold right on that because you've given it, you've upset the material, it's going to bend right there. And um, so with an angle grinder, you could do that on steel. And uh, I'll tell the quick story. I worked on a TV show and me and and uh, Kevin, O'Ca- Kevin O'Connor from this old house overlapped. So we got to hang out together for one day. It was the very first time we ever met. Very nice to meet him. I wasn't going to be on camera at all. He was on the next episode. I was still finishing up bits from my episode. And he was making a folded up copper firebox. And they're over there trying to bend the metal against the piece of wood. And it was heavy gauge copper, which doesn't bend very easily. You know, bends like hard cardboard. And I said, guys, if you really want to bend it nice and precise, set your circular saw to like literally a paper's width below the cutting plate, set up a piece of two by four or a piece of plywood as a straight edge and scrape every one of your bends. They did that and the thing folded up like origami perfectly. And he was so impressed with me. And he he was like, (laughs) and he kept saying, he didn't say it on camera because 
I wasn't in the episode, but he kept saying, "I'm this works because Jimmy told me to do it. He kept giving me credit for it. <laughs> um, so the same thing with leather. And there's no way those folds would have landed. Yeah, it would have rolled and not. It would have rolled. So so I took a little scoop chisel. I tried a couple off camera and I got one that worked. And uh, that scoop chisel. And you just got to kind of find that right angle and, and trust Trust that you're not going to go too deep. If anything, favor so you can scoop out, so you can go back in and get deep again. You know that's just chisel control, and you guys all know how to do that. You're just pushing the chisel, and if it's too high angle, it's going to dig in. You certainly don't want to push through to the front. And if you just get that shallow angle, where all of a sudden you get a groove, and you just feel like you're pulling out like two or three millimeters at a time, and you just keep pushing, you just like ridge up your entire body, lock <laughs> your core, and just kind of just shift your your skeleton as you're trying to follow that line. And that's and that's how you do it. And obviously, I think I was pushing against a piece of wood or something to keep it straight. And mm -hmm. uh, and and always experiment on a piece that's lying around. My favorite part of the whole build was when you made your own rivets, or you know, you made your own hardware to set oh, yeah, all those brass. It. There was a neat little anvil. What was that little anvil you were using? You know, I'm a flea market junkie. Just I got a flea market for like five bucks. Yeah, that was a handy little tool right on the table I, there. And whenever I find them, because I, I, Christy's been here, she knows how much junk. Yeah. <laughs> whenever I find them, like in in like tucked away on a shelf, I'm like, oh, this would be cool. I'll, let me leave it on this table. So I keep it nearby. And it was kind of in my like I have little pockets of like leather stuff over here, and this shop there's a pocket over there for leather stuff. So I keep the anvil nearby when I'm going to like set a rivet. And it was happened to be sitting on the lathe right next to me. So I grabbed it. I also am always looking to see what's going to look cool on camera too. So, yeah, you know, any little kind of tool, even though like that's like a little tiny desktop anvil, like what are you really going to use it for? But then certainly worked out good that day. And then anyone who follows you knows that you like putting your name on everything. <laughs> yeah. But on that bag, you only did it one time. I was kind of curious. What's the bounce? How many times does a project get duress to put on it? Just one time. <laughs> Usually just one time. <laughs> but my name does appear. It, it it does appear. And and to to like the the casual viewer, you might end up seeing my name 10, 15 times in a video, and you assume like you lose track. You you, you know, you, you're not me. I look at it in the edit, so I know exactly where everything is. But to the average viewer, you might be like, oh, he put his name on the thing three times. But I only ever do it once. But you see it on the back of the saw. You see it on the screwdriver. Yeah. It's, you know, there's a sticker <laughs> on my pen. And so you might be like, oh, enough already. Well, I tell people <laughs> all the time I struggled. We talked about early before the show that one of the hardest things on the podcast was coming up with a name. I did the same when I was like, okay, I'm going to go on Instagram. I'm going to brand myself. And I, I couldn't. I'm coming up with all these creative puns and, and logos. And I'm like... If it's good enough for this man to put his last name on everything, I'm yeah. just going to put my last name on everything. Right. So it's on the coffee pot. It's on the refrigerator inside. I mean, it might have gotten on my wife a time or two. Good. <laughs> good. I'm kind of curious on the, as you look back to the, this project, is there anything you would do different if you were to do it again? Well, I am going to do it again. I don't know if you saw my oh. Instagram yesterday. I showed a bunch of leather that just showed up from Weaver and I want to make that same bag. I want to make like five of them because this people in my life, they're like, I want one. I want yeah. one. So I'll make like maybe six or eight of them at the same time. And it'll be an interesting exercise to see how I could, I'll certainly see and see the side. So they're all exactly the same shape. In that video, I just kind of freestyled it. I, I never even took a record of the shape of that size. So I don't even know how tall and how wide it is. I could ask Becky to, to send me a little <laughs> pencil trace of it. 
I think uh, it was just, five to rest as wide and eight to rest as tall. <laughs> Not bobs, by the way. If anybody has any inside information about what a bob is, that's an old. <laughs> look up a measurement of a bob when you're home alone. Um, that's, that's a very. We had old... a measurement when I was growing up. It was called a Kim, and it was the it was a weight measurement of my sister's best friend. But a Kim was a fluid measurement. So if she gained weight, then a Kim's value went up if she lost weight. And so we would build a table like, well, how sturdy is the table? It's two Kim's sturdy. That's like, okay, that's a good build. Where's Kim now? She's living in San Antonio. She's a nice girl. She's got nice family. Wonderful right. person. I'm just an ass. <laughs> <laughs> so that I will get into the process of, uh, like, I, I, I don't want to, the devil on my shoulder saying, don't make five of eight of those hasps. Go buy one. Don't be, you know, th but I'm like, I'm like, I might have to make eight of them. I'm going to have to make eight hooks. You know, these things I might CNC or maybe set up a jig. So everything's kind of the same. Yeah. That's All right. So we want to kind of switch gears and start talking about the, the guitar, your AK 47 guitar. Yeah, that right you made. Yes. Yes. And if you could kind of, where did that come from? Well, I'll tell you, the beginning of that project goes back to Rob is an accountant friend of mine. We, he was actually my accountant for a little bit. And Rob worked with Wyclef's manager. And they were friends. And he was hanging out with, with uh, I wish his name escapes me, and he's since passed away, this uh, this manager of Wyclef. He's a very famous uh, A&R music guy. He was Wyclef's manager and a uh, very famous old old school dude in the, in the record business. He said to Rob, I'm working with Wyclef and Wyclef is doing this show and he wants to do this thing. He's got, there's this old Peter Tosh clip of him where, with an M16. He wants to do something like that. And Rob called me right away. He's like, hey, do you, do you, are you interested in doing this project for Wyclef? He's looking for guitar. He goes, I just want to ask you before I pitch you to him. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. of course. I'm not going to say no to that. And uh, so he Got on board with Wyclef and met Wyclef and this mutual friend of theirs. I want to say Tony, but uh, uh, Tony's the other guy. Anyway, so he met with them and uh, they invited me up to the studio. Wyclef was trying to do a resurgence in his career because uh, he fell out of favor when he ran for president of Haiti. And now he was trying to do his comeback. This was in 2013. And he rented a studio space and they were going to work on a new album. And he thought this would be a cool prop to have a, a rifle-shaped guitar. And I had just also started working with Make Magazine. This was 2013. So I was doing my YouTube videos once a month for Make Magazine and then putting everything else on my channel. And this was a video I was going to put on the Make Magazine channel. And during the conversation, I was like, oh, this is, are you going to make a video? They say, yeah, I'm going to do a video. Because I was kind of a new YouTuber. They didn't. They just knew I was a guy that could make stuff. I wasn't like Jimmy, the YouTube guy. And I was like, oh, I'll make a YouTube video of this. And, and Wyclef's manager said, you know, this is a, this is going to be a big one. Put this on your own channel. You you should put, don't, don't, don't give this away. I was like, all right. And at the time, I like every 1200 bucks was a big deal. So I was like, if I give it, you know, I was always looking for that 1200 bucks to fulfill for my, my obligation with Make Magazine. And uh, so I was like, this is going to be an easy 1200 bucks because I know I can make this guitar. It's easy. So we talked. Wyclef was very charming. He's a sweet guy. He's very, he's extremely talented. When he talks to like, when, when everybody always talks about what a good music producer he is, I, I it was watching him create magic. Honestly, uh, it, it, it's amazing. I have 
clips of Wyclef playing the guitar, which I never posted. I should post now. I mean, because there were really private moments. I'm sure he wouldn't care anymore. It's been so long. But there were really private moments of him playing the guitar. And and I caught on my iPhone. And when I go back on my iPhone, it's some of the earliest videos that are still on my iPhone folder. Um, anyway, so Wyclef uh, and I were discussing the idea and Saddam Hussein, you know, was in the news and his gold AK-47. And I was like, Let's do an AK uh, an AK forty seven. I don't. I'm not saying I thought of it, but I did also say uh, my contribution was let's make it gold, like the one that the you know the soldiers are holding up. And we're like, yeah, yeah, that'd be funny. So I go to school. I taught at the School of Visual Arts at the time, and in school, I say, like, hey, I got this cool project. I'm going to make a AK forty seven guitar for Wyclef. And one of my students says, I just did like an anti gun an anti gun violence poster, and I bought a airsoft ak-47 it's it's in my dorm room do you want it because it was like 25 bucks i bought it online or wherever he bought it mm -hmm. and he goes i'll get it. so he during the class break he went to his dorm room somewhere in <laughs> oh, 25th <man>. street <laughs> came back with an ak-47 with a plastic bag on either end <laughs> a, like a like a like a have a nice day garbage bag pulled on each end <laughs> he walks today. into the classroom like that was in 2013 he was able to walk through manhattan with that wow and bring it to class and then i <laughs> left class and brought it drove home in my vespa with it, like tucked <laughs> under my leg <laughs> with the have a nice day garbage bags pulled on each end which is unbelievable to me because when i think about it now like people see it in the background of my youtube videos and they're like hey is that a real ak-40 you can't have an ak-40 you should not have a clip that's bigger than this like it's a plastic airsoft gun. <laughs> so I took the airsoft gun home and that was what I used in the video, in the beginning of the video. Everybody has this, again, like people don't watch the videos as closely as I do because I'm editing them, I live them. People have this misconception that I take this AK-47 and combine it with, mm. the, with the guitar. What I actually do is I lay it down as inspiration and use it to like, okay, this is completely different scale. Everything about it is completely not the same as this gun. I immediately realized there's nothing on this gun I could use because it's just going to look too wimpy. So right. I'm going to have to basically use this rifle as inspiration and make everything larger than it so that it seems at proper scale to the barrel of the gun, which is the fretboard. And and I took artistic license by putting a, what is it? The gas tube, which is that tube that's classically shows on the top of an AK-47. It has a lot to do with the repeatability of the bullets because the gas blows back through that tube and goes back and recycles the bullets. And that's why you can pull the trigger and it goes, da, 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 da. Mm. so that gas tube, and they have a piece of wood over because the gas tube gets hot. So the wood is so you could hold it or at least put your hand on it. And I was able to just kind of start mocking it up. And I was really excited with it. And the funny thing was, is I bring it to to Wyclef to show him like three days after our first meeting. I left the meeting, by the way, and I went through I went to Guitar World uh, Guitar Center in Manhattan, and I picked up just a three hundred dollar guitar, and I brought it home, and I immediately started working on this whole idea. And I brought it up to him, and there's pictures on the internet of me holding it when it's still like partially red, partially spray painted black. I was just kind of trying to take it away and make it look more like a gun, just as I was playing around with it. And um, when I brought it up to him before it was painted gold, he said, can we put strings on this banana clip? Uh, I was like, why? He's like, I don't know, man. I think <laughs> it would be cool. There was some strings over here, man. You could tune them from the back or something. I don't know. 
I was like, let me figure it out. Actually, it was my idea to tune it from the back, but I was like, why do you want strings over? He's like, I think it could be cool. I, I don't like so this is where like the genius of of his creative input comes in. And I went home and I, I bought another guitar on the way home and I took that guitar apart. <laughs> And use this. I bought a cheap, much cheaper guitar because I knew it was going to be mostly scrapped. And I was able to connect. I don't even know how I connected. I'm so bad with electronics. I have no idea how I was able to do it. But I was able to connect it all together. <laughs> and uh, and then I came up with the idea of using the trigger as the whammy bar. Uh-huh. And I, I randomly mm-hmm. bought a guitar. I wasn't even thinking of a whammy bar at the time. But it was just funny. It was just one of those things where like I didn't overthink it. I just jumped right into it. And all these little nuances began to present themselves like make the whammy bar and uh you know i did the bandsaw sculpting because i was in a rush to figure out how to play with it so I did the bandsaw sculpting on the which i had done before but when i did the band that's a, a big part of that video is people like watching me sculpt sculpt the, the stock the one stock of my favorite yeah. parts was when you use the foster bit to carve out the channel hog out the channel oh yeah yeah, yeah i, I really like that, to get rid like, of that. how yeah. smart yeah why it doesn't have to be pretty nobody's gonna see this yeah. Again, it all gets back to me just kind of like, like, can we have this by the weekend so that I could take it to do a video shoot in Chicago? I was like, I think so. Let me work on it. And I, <laughs> I started working on it the day after we had the meeting. And by the way, I, we never discussed how much I was getting paid. I didn't even think about it. I was just like, I'm doing this. I don't care if I get paid. I'm doing it because it's going to be a good video. And, uh, you know, once they start, these guys like, don't put that video on that that other, whatever that channel, that make it channel. Don't put it on that. This is for you. You got to put it on your channel. And it became one of my most watched videos. And the yeah. funny, the funny thing was, is I never took the strings. I never took the strings. I never took the guitar apart. Maybe I took the strings off, but I never took any of the pickups out. When I spray painted it gold, everybody was like, "I know." I, I, yeah. I, I was cutting yeah. it apart. I never took the neck off. <laughs> I never took the electronics <laughs> out. It was funny. When yeah. you were uh, when you were starting to mock it up, what kind of materials were you using for like the barrel and you know all the all the different pieces? I just used the, the walnut because it kind of seemed in the, you know for the forward grip, and then I was like, okay, let me use a piece of steel for the for the trigger guard. And um, the top tube is made out of just a piece of PVC and some plastic, some acrylic plastic. And uh, I I probably t- I told this story somewhere along the way, but so now it's all done, and I had to make a. I think I made a, I did make a custom box for it. Hmm. And cause so it was now it was a kind of all oversized and awkward and, you know, it's kind of weird. And I, and I, and I drove up to the studio, which by the way, was uh, on 44th street It's called daddy's house, which is owned by uh, P Diddy. And hmm. it's the same studio that where they, we were in the same room uh, where. Um, they shot uh, Biggie. Where Biggie, no, where Biggie was, was where Biggie was, uh, was recorded. Okay, yeah. Oh wow. We were in the same recording studio where where Biggie was recorded, and the floor above us is the same studio where John Lennon was the night he was murdered. Wow. Oh wow. Above us, yeah. So they said this is a very famous building for recording, and um, I think even, I think it was even maybe I'm maybe I'm misspeaking, but I think Eric B and Rakim also record a couple albums in the same room we were in and uh it was it was pretty cool there was like some really heavy hitters hanging around and you had to like walk through like four security doors to get in and you're walking and, around with an ak in a case yeah and so i vested <laughs> up there 44th and like ninth avenue I like vested, desperado i vested up there all excited to show why clef and tony and the and the, oh, the whole crew and Jerry was the guy whose name is. So Jerry and Tony and Wyclef and, and Sadat, Wyclef's brother, who I became friendly with, very cool guy. And they were all hanging around. And I was on my way up and I had the 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 Gettar in its box 
in the front of my Vespa. So now my Vespa is no longer three feet wide. It's like six feet wide. Like that's the clearance I should remember that I have. And I'm like anxious to get up there. And I go to cut between two cars and bammo. The guitar case like bounces off of of a cab bumper. I pull over. I'm like, I just broke the neck off the guitar. I just Mm. broke it. Oh my God. And uh, the 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 cab driver's looking at his bumper, trying to figure out if he's going to hold me there to pay for a scratch. And I'm just like, I'm like about to cry on the sidewalk. I lay the thing down on the sidewalk, and I pop open. I pop open the box, and I'm like, the neck is definitely broken off. Like that whack it took. And what was broken off was the banana clip, oh. not the neck. So the banana clip took the jar and snapped off. And so I was like, thank God, that's an easy fix. On the way up, I stopped. I got a couple tubes of crazy glue. I got up there and I was like, guys, before I, I guess got to fix something, something broke on the way up. They're like, no worries, go in there. I took it out and I put like, you know, those little tubes of crazy glue. Yeah. I t- squirted one on either side of the drill hole for the wires. I put it in place and I clamped. So I had, might've had tape, I forget it, but I clamped it. And that's the only, <laughs> that was it. Cause I had wood glue is what was holding it, but the crazy glue was able to hold it. And, uh, then Wyclef started playing with it and everybody was around. And then um, an, a very famous guitar player from Europe, a very famous studio musician happened to be there, a friend of Wyclef's, like two days later. And they went up there and he he was telling me if we were going to make more of them, he says, and this is the very first time I ever realized 3M makes vinyl coverings. He showed me, he goes, look at, and he showed me like a picture on the internet of a car covered in gold vinyl wrap. He said, that's not paint. That's that's vinyl wrap. And that was the first time anybody ever, like I'd ever been hipped to vinyl wrap and like this severely colored, they'll wrap over anything. You just heat gun it and it'll take the shape. And so we talked about maybe making the next few, which we never did, but we were going to make two or three more and cover them in, with like gold vinyl wrap. And that guy was unbelievable. I might even have video of him playing. I, I, I want to say his name was Guillermo. He was from Spain and he was a, he was an amazing guitar player. And um, then he went on. So now Wyclef's doing a tour. He's like, he's going to be on. He was going to be on um, uh, XM radio with uh, the guy in the morning. I can't remember. Who's the guy that does Shade 45 in the morning? He used to be on MTV. I can't remember his name. Oh, he's got the big hair thing. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. Slade or something like that. Sway. Sway. So he was on Sway in the morning. So I, and, and why, because I was, I was the guy who created it. Why Clef's like, Jimmy's got to come with me everywhere I go, man. He's got to be the tech. Don't let nobody touch this, but Jimmy, Jimmy's got to touch this. He was really sweet to me. So we went up to, we went up to uh Sirius XM, like there's like four days after I finished it. And we go in the, the Howard Stern studio is at the end of, of the, he had the whole office at the end. He must still be there. Of course. And Ronnie, the limo driver, comes out. So somebody was talking about, so like the the, we were with a bunch of people. So Ronnie, the limo driver, comes out. He goes, "Where's this guitar? Where's this guitar?" Everyone's talking about. So Ronnie, the limo driver, standing there. Mac Miller standing there. I'd never even heard of Mac Miller till that exact moment. And obviously, I was like, "This guy must mean something," because everyone's like literally kissing his feet. And he was really <laughs> chill. He was like, "He's like, oh man, can I see that?" So there's a picture of Wyclef and Mac Miller holding the guitar. I'm like right off camera, and that was great. So we go into Sway and he brings it into Sway and he's showing it off to Sway. And I'm all, I'm like just right outside the camera. And um, then a couple of days later, we ended up going to uh, 
there was still like a, a rap show on MTV, although like it was kind of, it was still like an exclusive like episode of like, you know, I don't want to say MBO MTV raps, but whatever that new version of it was. And so Wyclef went on there and TI was there and a couple of other famous guys. And uh, so it was a real whirlwind of like two weeks where like we yeah. went to all these places where he could be photographed with it. He took it to Chicago right when we first did it. So that very first weekend, he took it to Chicago to shoot Bang Bang, which is a YouTube video you could see of him walking around. It's like an anti-gun thing. That was the whole point of it. He's just like, let's make make guns into music. And everybody misconstrues it. So everyone's like, why do you want to glorify guns? Which I could see that point. You know, It's like one of those, it's just an image. You could take it any way you want. But his whole idea was to do basically what Peter Tosh did. And a lot, it's funny, a lot of people say, oh, you're not so original. Peter Tosh did this. I'm like, I know. That's the reason why we did it. We did it because. Right. And, yeah. Uh, you're like, that's kind of the point of like a tribute. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, I would have uh, thought when Austin suggested this as the one other project, I never thought we'd get such good stories behind. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is great. Yeah. Well, th- I'll tell you another great story about the guitar. So we leave XM. And you can look this up. This is all online. You, we leave Sirius XM and there's TMZ. He's like, hey, mm. Wyclef, Wyclef. And he, the, Wyclef's got a really famous song. Um, I'll be back. I'll, I'm leaving till November. I think something like that. It's a really good song. And <clears throat> the guy from TMZ goes, Wyclef, Wyclef, I can sing. I'm gone till November. And the guy just stops and starts singing it. And like I got the chills because he sung it so well. And Wyclef's like, man, that's great, man. And he goes, what do you and then the guy got Wyclef's attention by singing I'll be gone till November. And he goes, he goes, Wyclef, tell me, tell me something. Well, tell me something. Tell me anything. And Wyclef's goes, Jimmy. And you see, like Wyclef, this is all in the news clip. He goes, Jimmy, show, show, show the man to get And so I'm holding it. So I put the box down and I open it up and I hand it to Wyclef. And he's he's holding, he's like, and the and the guy's he's like, oh wow, look at Wyclef holding the AK 47. Guitar. But the next day on TMZ, it's Wyclef brandishes an AK-47 in Midtown. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. But it was just a it was a clickbait headline. The messaging, yeah. And so you just click on it and it's Wyclef holding the gun like this. You could find this all online. It's definitely on there. And uh and I'm I'm like, you could see me in the background, like just smiling. But we didn't know, like we didn't know what the headline was gonna be the next day. Right, so of course. Was, and he's like, see that man? They want because they want to make a black man a villain all the time, man. He goes, but you know what? Any 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 press is good press, so I'll take it. Wow. So Jimmy, we have this segment we like to do. It's called this or that, where we give the guests uh, a question with maybe a few options and get a response from them. We've got some questions here for you. One, you have so many different band saws in your space. If you <laughs> yeah. could only keep one, would it be your smallest porta band or your biggest industrial machine? It would be the big uh, American woodworkers tool. This thing is that thing is unbelievable. And every time you turn it on, you feel all the ghosts flying out of it from all the people yes. with that engine on it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I know Austin gets a hard on every time he sees that bandsaw. That's yeah. awesome. And I had three of them. Two of them are like the heavy duty, which have the big cast iron bottom doors. And then I had a light duty one, which we got on Facebook market. And that's the one that Rob Rojas does the majority of the, of the restoration work on in one of my videos. And that we ran it with a hit and miss engine. That's the one I had at Maker Camp last year, not this sure. past year, but the previous year. And that's the one I just gave to Jackman. I gave it to Jackman on permanent loan. I said, if you decide to get out of the YouTube business, you got to give it back. Yeah, he probably didn't deserve it, but that's okay. 
Yeah, that was actually the very first bandsaw I had ever used was at your house, Jimmy, back in 2019. I'd never used a bandsaw before, and I used that big, massive, however tall that thing is. So I got spoiled right out the gate because that was the first bandsaw I'd ever used. When we were making spoons, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Exactly, yep. And I had just kind of brought that over there. I just got that was given to me. That was given to me by a fan. I mean, I have the best fans in the world. This old gentleman named George, he writes me a note. He's like, hey, I have a beautiful bandsaw. It's not being used. It's at my warehouse in Connecticut. I live in Florida. Just go there. Tell my son that we made a deal and that you're going to take it. He goes, he went. And so I go there to pick it up. And his son's like, my dad gave you this, didn't he? He didn't charge you. And I'm like, I know nothing. I know know, know nothing. He's just somebody coming in. We made a deal. He's like, no, he just gave it. I know he just gave it. (laughs) And his son kind of begrudgingly like, Got the forklift out. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he should have been a better son. In that vlog video, in that vlog video, whichever one, it, I have no idea what number it is. He's putting it on on the forklift, but he was kind of like begrudgingly annoyed with me. He was nice. He was nice enough. He didn't want to really pull me in between him and his dad, but he was like annoyed that I was there to get it. So, Jimmy, um, you're known for a few different pointy objects. If you could only <laughs> pick one, what is the best shop staple? The skeleton knife? The razor blade or the ice pick? I have to say the ice pick because yeah. it's the one thing that's always in my pocket. I use it 50 times a day, if not more. You're very generous with your space and time. What makes for a better shop guest? The person that comes bearing gifts or the one who cleans up after themselves? <laughs> uh, I've, been, I've gotten some beautiful gifts, of course. I mean, did you guys see that flag I showed today on Instagram mm-hmm. from Maiden, New Jersey? Beautiful, beautiful. Um, I, I can always clean up. When I'm nervous, that's how I clean up. I, 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 that's my nervous energy. I use it to clean up. So I could always clean up. So I don't mind the mess. I, I'd rather have a gift. And then I've got one for you. You have a wide variety of pets around the farm there. <laughs> if you had to only choose one, <laughs> which one is staying with you the longest? Chippy. Okay. <laughs> I'm a huge Yorkie fan. We must yeah. have had Yorkies when you were here. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. We might have had two or three when you were here. Um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> we have, uh, we've been, in my life, I've been a daddy to about five, maybe six Yorkies. If you count Pepper, which we don't know what breed she is, she's the size and shape of a Yorkie, but she's full, fully black color. Um, she might be like a Brussels Griffin and a Yorkie mix. We don't know. We, we got her at a pound. Um We've we've I've had about five, maybe six Yorkies in my life. And I'll probably just keep getting them. They're just the cutest things and they just make me yeah. smile. And yeah. ferocious. And ferocious. <laughs> yeah. My Green wife had a dog. Yorkie when we got married. That dog had so many tricks and killed three different three birds different times. Oh wow. wow. See, Couldn't I, have weighed more than three pounds and she was a lion. The cats kill the birds up here because they, they get they, they, I don't leave Chippy outside long enough. It's too dangerous yeah. up here. Yorkie up hawks. Here yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Got to be careful. Yep. All right. So we have one question that we ask everybody that comes on the podcast and we call it our three tools question. So if you were going to start a workshop completely from scratch, what would be your first three tools that you bring into that shop? Definitely a table saw because that is like the center of any shop and you could do so many things. Like with a table saw, you don't necessarily need a chop saw, for instance, you know, with a table saw, you could get away with so many tricks. Uh, definitely a bandsaw and possibly a belt sander, like a big four inch belt, mm. uh, like a big four inch by like 48, 
with a disc on the side, like one of those kind of old Dayton's or, or De- Delta's. Um, so I would say those three, basically the key pieces that you would need possibly. Perfect. That's yeah. great. And by the All way, right. when I, I, I went to a Craigslist buy years ago in the nineties and I bought that stand up sander table saw, the one that I ended up cutting my pinky off with that I gave to Tim Sway and a bandsaw, which I still have. So. There we go. Perfect. Well, Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to hang on to you for a little Patreon extra sure. after, but if we want to go ahead and just wrap it up for the regular interview, how can everybody find you? You can find me at Jimmy DeResta on YouTube. Just Google my name, Jimmy DeResta on YouTube. I'm the one. I never had a meme of my face. It's always been me holding my license plate that says I make. So, And uh, also, I'm the DeResta with 1.98 million followers. <laughs> so close to two. You're almost there. <laughs> all, all the other DeRestas don't have nearly that many followers. My brother, my nephew Aiden is on there. I think my niece Hunter's on there. My brother's son, my other nephew, my other brother's son, Matt DeResta, my brother John. But I'm the one with the most followers. <laughs> and then, of course, Instagram, my name on everything. My name at Twitter, my name at Instagram, my name at Facebook. There you go. Thank all right. You. Well, Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, thank thanks, you, guys. Jimmy. That was a lot of fun. It was great questions. Yep. Thank you. All right. We want to take a minute now to thank all our folks over at Patreon. We've got Marion Ward from Creative Ward Gallery, Vincent Ferrari from Digitally Creative, Justin from Bear Maked, Scott Oren from Daddy Yourself, Matthew from Artigino Sorio, and Marcel Este. And then on our middle tier, we've got Tony Langer from Langerworks, Brendan McDonough from McDonough Design, Susan Duplantis from Hearth and Garden Art, and Stephanie Taddeo, who is our latest addition um, to the Patreon. Thank you very much for joining us, Stephanie. And then on our first tier, we've got Keith Drennan from Blackthorn Concepts, Jacob from Griffin Makes, Eric from Overall Makerworks, Jacob from Other Dog Design, Jeff Stein, a weird guy, Dave Bauer, uh, Caitlin Landerno from Kate's Decina, uh, Morley Kurt, Greg from Platte Valley Woodworks, The Grant Alexander, Jen Griffin, The Black Sheep, Brian from Moonshine Leatherworks, uh, Makeshift Podcast, uh, Maritime Knife Supply, Jay-Z and D from Just My DIY, and another addition to the Patreon folks is Henry at HT1 Metalworks. Thanks so much for joining us, folks. Christy, one thing I was interested in talking to you about is you made a walnut and leather bag, much like the bag we just talked to Jimmy about. You've got a great mm-hmm. YouTube video showing your process. And I was just curious, when you were looking at this video Jimmy made and talking to him about his process, did it maybe remind you of your project any, some things you would like to have done different, some things that you like the way yours came out, maybe versus his? Uh, the one thing as I was watching his video, there was a section whenever he was um, putting all the little, he used the little um, like little steeples or the little old style nails. Nails, yeah. Little short yeah. nails. And I did the exact same way he did it. So it was like anytime I saw him do me do something that he did, I felt like, yeah, I did it right. Because I just feel like everything that Jimmy does is right. You know what I mean? And so when I saw things that I did the same way he did, I was like, all right, that good guess on my part, you know? You know, one thing that stood out when he was talking, he talked about making the bottom of the bag flat. And that's one of the highlights in your Uh video is you had your original shape and then you went back and cut the bottom flat so that it would Uh stand out. Were there any other things he did that kind of stood out that you were like, oh, I had a similar process or I went through a similar thing? 
Well, his bag is bigger than mine. It's yeah. longer. So he's got the skeleton with the rails there. Um, but mine is shorter. It's really just maybe eight inches. Um, so my leather was able to like hold the structure. So, and, and I didn't want the extra weight. So, um, so for me, it's, it was, it was less material and, and less of a process there. Um, yeah, neither so one of y'all yeah. had a rigid frame for the bottom, right. Um, right. which I thought that was interested on his because such a bag. I mean, why you could possibly put some wrenches or heavy mm -hmm. tools in it. Uh, and leather does take shape and, and flex, but yours being a purse and you designed it to fit certain things. Didn't you design it to hold certain things? Yeah, I've got, I, I use a regular, um, a bullet journal. I'm a daily journal person. So I got two phones, my personal phone, my work phone and my bullet journal and like a pen or something. I mean, that, that is my like standard everyday carry. And so this handbag was designed specifically to fit those few items because I wanted it to be an easy carry for just the things that I need. Cause I, I tend to hoard everything in there. So I figure if I made one small enough to fit only what I needed to carry, then I would only carry those things as opposed to a hundred things in there. And I know you don't want us to, you know, dote on you too much, but I think as a purse, yours is extremely attractive. I mean, if I was looking yeah, to use it as a purse, the yeah. bag you made is, is the design I, I think I would go with, uh, especially I really like the strap. You put a lot of effort into the strap. Yeah. Um, I, um, I did a, strips, but yeah. What did you do? I used baseball stitch. And then, so it had more of a structured handle. Um, and it was a long, I mean, it took me a good little while to stitch all of that, but I was really learning how to stitch leather with this project. That was the first time I'd done a project with baseball stitch. And, um, so it was a good experience because my leather was like just the right thickness to where it let me pull tight, it, you know, as I was going with the baseball stitch. Now the, my edges are not exactly smooth everywhere um so in hindsight i wish i would have you know rubbed the edges a little bit more and kind of smoothed them out a little more but the handle i am very proud of because it has held up well because it was my daily carry for a long time yeah. um i've had it for two and a half years now you so know, um you talk about the edge finishing i was interested the way he finished his bag was very interesting um, mm -hmm. You know, he had it all together and then took sandpaper to coat, you know, sand the, the leather, the edges of the leather. Right. And he stained the wood and treated the leather after the bag was constructed. Uh, yeah. That was a little, you know, I I didn't think that was the way to do it. But, you know, he has a, a pace and a an amount of experience to do a, a good job on that. How did you finish yours? Like, wh when did you finish the walnut? How did you do that? Yeah, I, I painted, uh, or not painted, I spray painted shellac on my wood pieces before I put the leather together. I just finished them with, with the little of this spray shellac. And then I really don't have, my leather is, um, is that red, um, chrome tan. So sure. I really didn't put a finish on that. Now I did put, um, that tokenol or how you pronounce yeah. that? Um, tokenol, yeah. Yeah. On the, on the underneath. To keep the oh, to, to keep it, it from fraying, yeah. yeah. So I slick that, and and when I looked at watched my own video again because it's been two years since I made it, I used an old piece of PVC just to smooth it over, kind of as a slicker because I didn't have anything else. And that was the other thing too. Um, whenever I was 
grooving out the areas where the where the edges would go around the corners around the bottom and stuff i was just using a nail file and a piece of sandpaper i mean you know i had i had no special tools That's great. for doing for doing any of those things but you know i managed to manage to make it work anyway it's another one of those Christie video creations where you do some questionable safety techniques when uh, <laughs> you know, you're doing the bandsaw and you were pushing from yeah. the side. And it was funny. I was telling my wife, I was like, Christie's famous for this, doing something that gets all the men excited to tell her how she should be doing it instead. And I said, the way she's pushing that, it's going to make the board kick out. And right when I said it, you stopped the video and, and drew a circle around that yeah. the board. What was that? You kind of went through some tribulations getting those sides cut. Yeah, I was trying to decide what was the right thickness. You know, I had a, a plenty large piece to work with. So, but there was like a weight um, and just the aesthetic of how it looked. So I had it, I don't remember what my original thickness was, but I was like, oh, this is too much, this is too much. And then I had had a video before where the 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 guard for the bandsaw was up a little higher than some thought was necessary. And boy, did I get railed for having that safety guard up too high. So on this video, like a fool, I was listening to the, you know, the safety police and I actually had the, the guard too far down. And then that's why I was pushing that piece at an odd angle because I was not thinking of logic. I was thinking of, oh, this is going to be on a video and I don't want anyone to correct me on how I'm doing this. So, you know, I think I just need to step back and be like, okay, what's the best approach to this? Well, this is the best approach and, you know, whatever the others say, you know, yeah, for that sure. kind of thing. I think my favorite part of the video is, and I, I, you know, Jimmy talked about, I don't remember if it was in the episode or in the Patreon where he said he actually made the, the brass ring twice that the first one melted, but you don't mm -hmm. see that in his video. He doesn't show the mistakes, but you showed when you put your tax in and then you decided you didn't like those tax, you pulled them out. And I, I like that you do that in your videos. It's probably not something I would do either, but I, I think people who watch YouTube videos, they like knowing that, Hey, you can, you can go down the wrong path and back up and yeah. start over or try again. So I did like that part of the video. Overall, I think the purse came out really, really well. I think the video stands up against, you know, the the professional, you know, he's a professional. And I think the video you put out uh, stands up well to the video he put out and the final product as well. I, I could see if you polled people, the people who wanted a purse would prefer your bag. And the people that wanted a utility bag may mm -hmm. prefer his for the size and some of the features, the brass finishes. Um, yours has the, you know, the store-bought um, fasteners and things like that. But for a fashion piece, I, I think you did an awesome job. Yeah. I know one person that can use it. Grant, you can use it and swing, swing harder, swing that hammer harder. Yeah. <laughs> Get out your purse, Grant. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this episode, please give us a review and subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. So reach out to us on Instagram at Making Our Way Podcast. You can find all of our latest individual content on Instagram or YouTube. Austin is at a high caliber craftsman. Dean is at Dean underscore Duplantis. And I'm at Twisted Twine Woodworking. Thanks again, friends. <laughs>